0: to mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. would like women to believe that faith in Christ pushes us down and makes us lesser than. That the church somehow holds women back, or more aptly, that Jesus holds women back. And perhaps it's an attempt to right that wrong, but I think the current Christian culture has swung the pendulum in the opposite direction, encouraging women to rise up, to demand platforms and blowhorns, and to power grab for what is rightfully ours. We're going to call this idea the girl power gospel, and it has invaded the church, I think, like a cancer. But the fallout of this feel-good Christian message, I think, is just as dangerous as the lies that the world is doling out to us. I'm here with my friends, Kate Battistelli and September McCarthy, and I'm Jamie Erickson. And today we're going to be talking about the self-help messages that we've been hearing from, from so many women leaders in the church lately. Today we're asking the questions, what does scripture have to say about success and does the Girl Power Gospel have any place in the gospel? I think we're really dealing with two different, but equally as popular schools of thought here, ladies. On the one hand, we have the world, which wants us to abandon our faith because historically speaking, the church just hasn't been very kind to women, or at least that's what they'd have us believe. Do you think that's true? Do you think the church has failed women? Or actually more importantly, do you think Jesus has failed women?
1: You know, I... This is a tough one for me because the church, I mean, it hasn't failed me. I, I think that a lot of women are given leadership positions in the church today. A lot, of, At least a lot of the churches that I've gone to, are they perfect? No. But in the U.S., I see women, for the most part, treated with respect in the churches and being given leadership positions. So, But I know it's not perfect. But one thing I know for sure is that Jesus never once failed women. He championed women. He championed the downtrodden. He championed the least of these to a huge extent. I love the story. I've always loved the one about the Samaritan woman at the well and how Jesus chooses to give a deep discourse on worship to this outcast woman who's coming to draw water during the heat of the day because of her shame, because of her, you know, she was living with a man that was not her husband. She came to get water, not knowing she was about to meet the one who was going to give her living water. He respected her, he challenged her, and he filled her. And I love that she forgets her water jug. She leaves behind the one thing she went to get to go off to tell her whole town that, you know, come meet this man who just told me everything about my life. Hmm. And, you know, she just can't wait to tell her people about Jesus. Really, she's the first evangelist as far as I'm concerned. But he loved her well, gently called out her sin, and changed her life. And there are so many other examples. I mean, Mary Magdalene, the, the woman with the issue of blood, and my favorite, the adulteress, who's dragged out in front of Jesus, we don't even know her name, and condemned by the re- religious elite. But what does Jesus do? He simply loves her, tells her to go and sin no more. I mean, Jesus will never fail us. He will never leave us or forsake us.
2: Absolutely. I love that passage. in John, I actually studied that last year. And it um, had a profound effect on me as at the same time in our culture and in this world, the girl power gospel um, message was being kind of thrust at women in the church and the Christian circles. And so I was able to, you know, rely on the story that Jesus brought to us. But, you know, I don't think we need to abandon our faith to know that, yes, I think, and we can see historically, the church really has not been very kind to women. And that's the difference between comparing if Jesus has failed us or if the church has failed us. If we look back on the centuries, we find the Roman government it had laid a foundation of very little room in the church for women to be seen or heard. And this is contradictory to the message of Jesus and those who followed him, and perhaps in this culture today, we sometimes confuse the man-made rules of religion with the messenger, and that's maybe where we get hung up.
0: I completely agree, September. I, I think we all need to take a step back and shift our mindset from sort of our Western culture or our Western frame of reference about um the New Testament and even the Old Testament, we have to understand that during the Greco-Roman world or Greco-Roman time, the world was really hostile to women, just the world in general. And that Christian groups, these New Testament believers, these second century Christians that were coming on the scene, they were actually persecuted because they were so pro-women. It was so different than the rest of the mentality of the world because Jesus really elevated women in a time that they were treated really as property. And so his disciples elevated women as well. And it was very countercultural at the time. We fail to remember that when when we look at how the church is treating women today, Jesus gave women worth. I think it's It's interesting to see how the resurrected Christ actually showed himself first to who? To women. Um, In a world where women weren't even allowed to speak in public, he chose those women to go and proclaim the message of his resurrected body and to testify about his defeat over death. Um, And then if you think about, you know, his very last state, one of his very last statements on the cross was directed at a woman, his mother, he looked and he saw her need to be taken care of even after his life was done. And during a very physical and emotional time for him, when, when he was, you know, enduring agony, he still took time to care for and elevate a woman. So I think sometimes we need to, to lose this Western mindset of what um, of what we feel the church is doing and saying towards women and remember how far we actually have come and what the message Jesus really brought to the world in regards to the worth and value of women. So that's one school of thought. The world wants us to believe that Jesus failed women. But on the flip side, the other side of that coin, I think popular women's teachers and leaders, especially in the church or specifically in the church, are now using phrases like, you deserve to be here, or don't give up on on that dream. Own it. Push yourself higher. You can do this. You're the key ingredient to your own happiness. So we've been hearing that a lot from a lot of Christian leaders. Do you think those messages line up with the Christian life, ladies?
2: I have to be honest here and say, you know, I really cringe when I hear some of those words like um, push yourself higher. You can do this. You are the key ingredient to your own happiness. But before saying more on that, though, I want to clarify that I don't think we should stop dreaming or that we as women cannot do something with hard work and effort. I just want that. I want to say that before we go any farther. For me though, it is the verbiage and the key ingredients that are not said, but are actually left out of those very messages to us as women. For example, we can push ourselves higher, but here's what's left out. We need to remember there's always a cost. You can do this only with Jesus by your side. Jesus wants the best for us. And here's the real question. Do we even know what he wants? A lot of times these power messages, these um, messages to women to do more, strive harder, you can do it, push yourself, are leaving out like the second part of the sentence. We're leaving Jesus out of all of that. I can push myself and I can achieve, but is it for Christ and what is the cost? And I think that's a lot of what is left out of these messages in today's culture, which leaves women feeling... um, empty and comparing and in the end um, feeling like there was no one there to uh, support them. And it's just a lost cause. And so we need to remember that we need to know what Jesus wants. And if that is behind our mission and our motivation and he's walking with us and we're doing it for him, then there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, dreaming.
1: One thing I hear all the time is, I'm the hero of my own story. And I always have to look at that through biblical eyes. Like how how would Paul the apostle have identified with that statement when he ended up in prison and martyred for his faith? Now he wrote most of the New Testament, but how would John the Baptist, who ended up with his head chopped off, you know when you when you really look at some of these statements and some of the things that they're saying to women today, and how how does that fit in to what we read about in the Bible? There's no mention of persecution. There's no mention of any of those things. And if you're really, truly trying to follow Christ in your life and live your life w- doing what he's telling you to do, it might not end up pretty and successful. And with you having, you know, living your dream and all that, it might end up with you being a martyr in another country. I mean, we we have to look at both sides of this. And... And I'm with you, September, that I think it's good for women to, you know, be all you can be, but be all of what God is leading you to be, not just because I want this, but Jesus, what are you telling me to be? It might look very different than what, you know, than, than what my idea of how my life didn't turn out the way I thought it would. I had very different ideas about my life 20, 30, 40 years ago, but I know that I have followed the Lord and I can see the good things that he's done, even though it hasn't all been perfect. And it hasn't, and I haven't been the hero of my story and I never want to be.
0: Absolutely, Kate. I, I think it goes back to where your identity lies. Yes, I'm a woman. Yes, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a, a person who has dreams and goals, but first and foremost, I'm a Christ follower. And in that because of that i then have to look at who i'm following and follow his example so let's forget for a second that that we're women and let's just focus our identity or put the lens on the fact that we're christians and we're following this jesus what what was his example that he left us to follow you know he said take up your cross and follow me here was a man who who left all the riches of heaven, and he lived in obscurity for most of his earthly life. And while he was here, what did he do? He humbled himself. He became weak to seek and save and sacrifice. And those are the examples that he left to us. He was never out for a power grab. In fact, he was given opportunity to rise up and overthrow a government. That's what a lot of people expected of him. That was not what he came for. And so I think if we're, if we're trying to seek and follow Jesus, I don't think a power grab or the girl power gospel is, is the way to go. But is there anything wrong with success? You know, if we take out the, this term, the girl power gospel, and we just look back on kind of what it's rooted in chasing after our dreams, following big goals having success, is there anything wrong with that? Is that a sin?
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with success as long as you realize that whatever success you have is not about you. Um, As a Christian, you know, here's my definition of success, to live like Jesus, to really and truly bless when you're cursed, to love your enemies, to do good and pray for those who persecute and despitefully use you. Now that's hard to do until you've been despitefully used. To be the light of your world, no matter how big or how small your light may be. To forgive the ones who've deeply hurt you and release any offense still lingering. To live your life willing to be broken bread and poured out wine. I I love this phrase that I heard someone say years ago, to kiss the stones that bloodied your feet. And that's a hard, hard thing to do, girls. To wash the feet of the ones who betrayed and abandoned you and let others help themselves to your life, whatever the cost. Now, you may be called to do great things for God, but in the meantime, be willing to wash feet, wash, serve, give, love while you wait, just like Christ did. And this to me is the true test, to live like Christ, to be willing to lay down our lives, our agendas, our hopes and dreams, our ways and wants, our questions, our bodies, and to pick up our crosses and follow the one who showed us the way and who daily teaches us how to walk. Jesus asks each of us each day to pick up our cross and follow him, to, to obey whatever he tells us, to listen for his voice, then do what he says, to sprinkle holy salt and shine holy light on the people around us day after day, whether it's in the boardroom or the laundry room, a worldwide platform or a homeschool classroom. The setting is not what's important. We don't change the world by where we are, but by whose we are.
0: Absolutely. Good point.
1: Okay, I just feel
2: like we need to pause there. And I feel so convicted in those things as you are reading them. I mean, it's a daily, daily reminder. It's not just something we achieve or success in one night and one day. And I really like to think of the personal portion of this topic of success when it applies to motherhood specifically, because you know that's what we're here for with our podcast to talk. Motherhood and to encourage you uh, while you listen in. Um, and I want you to know there is success in motherhood. Um, but at the end of the day, at the end of raising our kiddos and launching them, and we look back, we will see and we will know it's not because we pushed ourselves or because we deserved the success in raising them. It's because we learned every day to live the holy calling of living like jesus and teaching them to be like jesus
0: yeah i think it goes back to what our definition of success is and i wonder if jesus definition is the same as ours i i have a feeling it's not and i have a feeling we in our earthly humanness Define success by all these quantifiable things like money and power and platforms and benchmarks. Is there anything wrong with money and fame and pen- benchmarks and power, top rungs, those things? Probably not. But I think that there is something wrong, and we can see it in scripture with the love of that or the chasing after that, the striving for that. In making a power grab for certain jobs over others, I think we're actually demeaning those other jobs, making them lesser than. We're cheapening the hard work of others, or worse, we might even be inadvertently saying that that people in with those jobs or in difficult life circumstances don't deserve happiness, or that they're not um, trying hard enough to attain it. You know, if happiness is within my power, and somebody has just lost a loved one, and, and they're, they're deep in grief, you're basically saying that, that they don't deserve happiness because they're not trying hard enough to climb out of that grief. I think it's a dangerous and deceptive message that's really kind of like the little sister version of the prosperity gospel that we, we heard about in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s.
2: Most of us are asking ourselves, what is this world coming to? As we consider the answer to this question, I would dare reply, you're looking at them every day, your family, your circles, your kids. This is what the world is coming to. So rather than crossing our fingers that the next generation will be upright, full of wisdom and character and hoping our example will lead well enough. Let's teach them what good character is and isn't. I am so excited to share a resource that was born out of 27 years of mothering and searching desperately for a tool that was convenient, personal, and easy to use. Character Matters cards are 2 by 3 cards on a ring for portability and filled with 72 character qualities divided into three different color coded sets for character at home, character in the world, and character in the Bible. Each card has a definition, a Bible verse, and four I can prompts to reinforce the character quality in our everyday lives. Everyday moments and teachable truths, character matter cards can be found on Etsy at September & Co shop or Instagram at September & Co. So visit us today to find your character card sets to use in the car, in the mornings or at dinner or wherever you go because we are raising generations today.
0: As a Christian, should our definition of success be different from that of the world? And if so, what should it be? So if we're looking to Christ and what he might define as success, what do you think that is?
2: Well, first, I think we need to go back to establishing there is nothing wrong with success. We all know successful people. I feel successful when I've you know, put my kids to bed at night and they've been fed and they've had a nap and the dishes are done. So I just want to kind of clarify what we're talking about here. Um, I think it really is the means by which we think and get to the goal. Because success for the Christian, like Kate said a minute ago, isn't defined by a status or an achievement. But let's be clear to say that those things are not wrong. So when I travel and speak to other women, before I begin my talk, I purposefully do not share that I'm a mom to 10, homeschool, I've written a book and all those things that women may define as successful. I don't even give my bio. I don't even like it printed in the program or on the screen. I don't show pictures of my family because what I want is for my listeners when I'm speaking is to hear my words apart from the idea of successes and hear what Christ has done in and through me. And as I bring his words to them and what they can do in their lives and in those very areas. And then I share about who I am because I don't want what people see, what the world is defined as success to affect the message. And so I think it's really important to separate the two and to um, clearly define um, what it is of the world and what it should be. And I think Kate answered that really well a minute ago when she talked about what is success every day. It's that list she read and that was perfect.
0: I think it's important to remember that there are plenty of examples in scripture of successful women. Um, I think of Esther and Deborah, Jehosheba and Miriam, Jacobed, all of those women. But the thing that is the definer in all of their stories is not that they elevated themselves, but that they elevated God and his people and eventually his son. So their success, their end goal for success was not about them. And I also think you can see a couple of examples where some of those women did kind of march outside those lines and, and attempt a power grab, and it never ended well for them. So I think that's important to remember. It's not that success is wrong. It's What is your end goal? Who are you trying to make famous and elevate with your success? As a woman, I think it can sometimes seem unfair when we see men succeeding both in and out of the church. No one seems to be telling them to humble themselves like Christ humbled himself. Isn't it only right that we have the same opportunities, the same power grab rights as as men?
1: You know, I don't think anyone who calls themselves a Christian, either male or female, is ever called to power grab. I mean, it happens all the time. It's how the world is run, but it's not what we're called to do. We're called to humble ourselves, to take the lower place and let the Lord lift us up if that's his will for us. Now, there's a question that I ask all through my new book, The God Dare, and it's this. Will you let Jesus pick? Does he get to define your future? Can Jesus help himself to your life? Does he have permission to decide where you live, if you'll marry or have children, what you should study or do for a living? Does he get to pick poverty or riches, fame or obscurity? Are you okay if he allows a thorn in your flesh so his strength might be shown in your weakness? Will you go if he calls you out? Will you stay if he wants to plant you deep? Will you follow relentlessly, resisting the urge to look at another's past and be content with your own? What if God dares you to give up your right to yourself? to turn the other cheek, to be defrauded, to do all these things he talks about, to walk the second mile, to be reconciled to your brother. I love how Oswald Chambers says it in my utmost for his highest, which is a really old devotional that I've been reading for 35 years and I highly recommend. But Oswald says this, in the history of God's work, you, you will nearly always find that it has started from the obscure, the unknown, the ignored, but the steadfastly true to Jesus Christ. And after more than 35 years of walking with the Lord, I know this about following. Jesus is in the business of making disciples. His way is narrow, and because it's the way of the cross, there are few who find it. And my question today is this, do you want to be one of the few?
2: Mm. That's so good. So, so good. You know, I think it really is about surrender and humility, Um, You know, humility is a virtue we all must put on in any form of service, whether we're a man or a woman. Um, Looking to men for the same positions and opportunities, it's really comparison. We're just looking for that instead of waiting to be picked. And we have many or the same opportunities as men. But I don't think maybe that is what the real struggle is. I believe sometimes it's the position or the need to prove something. And most positions that others have that we desire or that we compare to are really not what we want. Uh, If someone were to walk in the shoes that maybe I would walk in to achieve what they consider success, they would not like that. And so sometimes I think, is it a need to prove something? And the girl power gospel, we have nothing to prove. We just need to love Jesus with all our heart and all our mind and all our soul. Uh
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's, as a young woman, especially, I think it's, it's easy to look across the aisle and see men, you know, achieving and meeting goals and having what, you know, could be defined as success. They're just as guilty as us for wanting more, more power, more money, more fame, all of that. But. Ladies, that's their struggle. We're not going to have to answer for anyone else, any other woman, any other man. We're not going to have to answer for how someone else handled their opportunities or, or handled their comparisons. We'll only have to answer for ours. So I guess the question remains, are we trying to build our own little kingdoms or are we trying to build... Christ's. Well, as Christians, we're not to make much of ourselves. We're to make much of Christ. It's not about us, ladies. It's always, always, always about him. John 3.30 says it this way, he must increase and I must decrease. He never called us to crush our dreams or to have quote-unquote agency over our lives. We're called to service And sometimes that service might look like success to the world, but other times it might not. But remember this, the messenger should never, ever outshine the message. This girl power gospel pushes women to lead, but Jesus asks us to follow. He asks everyone to follow. Well, thanks for joining us, ladies. Listen, if you are not following us over on Instagram, I'd I'd really encourage you to head on over and say hello. Give us a like and tell us, how are you doing with this girl power gospel? What do you think is the definition of success? We'd love to hear about it.